0: Boys and girls, it hasn't been an easy time for landlords the last couple of years, particularly since COVID. There's been lots of changes since COVID, even before for a landlord, and there could be some really good benefits for sticking it out. So stay tuned, and we're going to talk about uh, slaying landlords, but the benefit of being in there in the long, long term. And I've just run out of my little thing and... (laughs) I've lost
1: it. Good morning.
0: How are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you going? Good, bud. Good, good, good. So I thought right we'd uh, bring on a we'd bring on a, a resident landlord of Novak, Mr. Michael Silich. <laughs> it's
1: been interesting and, time for uh, landlords.
0: And the witnessing, the witnessing of uh, you've been witnessing this over over almost ten years now. Um, yes, of, you know what's been happening in the landlord world. Um, mm. First of all, most importantly, who won in the soccer overnight?
1: Um, well, it's being played at the moment, but Argentina are up 3-0 from one I last checked. so I'm going to say they, they've probably won it. It was Argentina versus Croatia, semi-finals.
0: Oh! <laughs> so you couldn't oh. watch it because of the, cause the show? Sorry?
1: No, I watched the beginning yeah. of it. It started at 6am.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I reckon Always we've got to get it up at the office, eh? Hey? I know. Yeah, Michael... <laughs> That's yes. huge. That's huge. Um, so with with the life of a landlord, there's um, it's been really interesting, guys and girls out there. I want to show you something. Uh, this particular thing here that we've got. Now, this will explain a little bit about whatever we're going to talk about today this has been the net result on the attitude of a a landlord um so the things that we're talking about today is i know we i know people sometimes think of landlords as the fat cat landlord and let's be a landlord but it hasn't particularly been an environment where it's been like that that that's been encouraging for a landlord to get into the market. So much so that this is some data that came out from realestate.com.au and it shows you the life of an actual, what landlords are doing with property in the marketplace at the moment. So the landlords that are buying is the black line over the last 10 year period and the landlords that are disposing of the property, of their properties is the red line
1: that's incredible that's actually incredible in terms of and looking at that now it's very very apparent where the trend is going at the moment the amount of investors exiting the market versus the amount of investors purchasing back into the market and they're going completely opposite to each other it's not like there's lots of people selling but there's lots of investors buying as well we're literally seeing a lot of investors yeah dropping out of the market and that from what i can see there that was a trend well before all of covid interest rates going up that's been a trend for many many years
0: um and i know we've called today slaying landlords but it's not really a it's not really a popular thing for politicians to support um necessarily because generally landlords are the fat cats um hmm. they're the rare they're the rare ones out there that are fortunate enough to own own an investment property. And you don't really win votes by supporting, uh, necessarily win the votes by supporting the landlords. Um, okay. It's more for the people, you know, where, where yeah. you sit. But I think the first move towards this was an interest rate disparity that came out of the... Um, Ah, uh, the Royal Commission, when they investigate, when they did all the investigations and with banks and with government, mm. and about that time they decided to put the rates up for an investor or for a landlord mm-hmm. rather than an owner occupier as much as half a percent to one percent, which directly bit in to a landlord's income.
1: Mm. So they've tried to make it, I guess they want to appeal to the majority. And it, obviously, the, the general consensus is the majority of people don't own investment properties. Um, but it's interesting to see, and there was a stat that we saw before, and I think Mark will be able, hopefully be able to bring it up now as well. That I was one, hoping you'd ask me for that. Uh, one in six Australians own an investment property. And I'll be honest, when I saw that stat, it actually even shocked me as well. I knew it was somewhat common in terms of for people to own investment properties. Um, but for one in six is a very, very high percentage. Where I think the common misconception out there is only, yeah, like you said, the fat cats, the the one-off rich person owns it. Where if you're at a barbecue of twenty people, chances are three or four of those people owns owns an investment property.
0: It's a big number, it's huge. So they that, they that they've had to pay the high interest rate. Um, even even before that, I think. Um, and I always, and when Michael and I were talking about this off air, we were talking about the ju- the journey of a property manager. A career property manager, uh, an educated property manager, a well-rounded property manager, they are built to protect the asset. Um, they are being paid by the landlord. And mm-hmm. their jobs to protect the asset on behalf of the landlord. So we sort of started putting ourselves in the um, shoes of a property manager's day. And... Um, and then we said, okay, what do these guys go through? And I think COVID was a good example, Michael, of of uh, a little bit more slaying of a property manager.
1: Hmm. Oh, sorry, I-
0: slaying of, of a landlord.
1: <laughs> well, I guess a bit of both, unfortunately. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So, And it
1: is tough in terms of, of course, when COVID hit, there was lots of, um, it was tough for a lot of people. And of course, what the government wanted to do was protect people as much as possible. And so what they did was they did a lot of, um, put a lot of things in place in terms of protection for tenants. Um, yep. Only 20,000 owned six or more investment properties. Yeah, that's at the other end of the, the spectrum, Luke, when obviously someone owns a lot of investment properties. Um, and what we found was there was a lot that came out to protect the tenants. Um, there we go. Argentina just won. Uh, so... But for the poor landlords and i think it's good in terms of protecting tenants i think it's great in terms of the way that they were trying to make sure that people were able to keep a roof over their heads um but i personally feel like on the flip side for a landlord there wasn't as much protection in place and it just seems to be like a double whammy they missed out on rent during COVID lockdowns their interest rates are going up now it just seems to be and you can see it in that graph that we showed at the very beginning it's making it harder and harder for these landlords to be able to hold on their properties
0: so slaying of a property manager, where is the silver lining in the cloud? Um, one other thing I'd like to, I'd like to actually, I'll, I'll give you, I'll show you the net, the net result of what's starting to happen in the rental market. And This is over a very long period as well. Um, mm. So you're finding that this stock is just not available for tenants any longer. It's starting to dry stock up in the marketplace. So people are having to pay more. Um there was recent, um, I saw something recent in the news, if anyone did, missed it yesterday, the last two days, um, a landlord cannot um, bid up their rental property or a landlord's agent cannot bid up the rental property. So they can't, um, uh, you cannot auction a rental property, but you can auction a sales property in residential. Mm. So I thought that was really anti-competitive. Um, and i thought that was um in the tenant's favor and not the landlord's favor i won't comment on um, on that any further but just an observation from the outside hmm. um, and,
1: yeah and i, nah, I think so, and as i said before i think it's a good thing when obviously it, these things are being put in place to protect tenants because i think there should be that protection out there but on the flip side and this is i think the biggest misconception out there people think that landlord and tenants are going against each other and they're not on the same side and they're like, oh, what's good for the landlord is not going to be good for the tenant and vice versa. They're actually all pulled together. What's good for one is actually going to be good for another for a lot of things in terms of if you're going to absolutely crush some landlords and we can see it now with landlords exiting the market, what it means is there's going to be less rental properties available and that's what's pushing up rental prices a lot for a lot of renters at the moment as well. Um, so what you'll find is if you're doing things that are going to benefit landlords as well, holistically, it actually improves tenants. Also, gives more options for tenants out there. Also, and I think everyone's sort of grouped in together with it.
0: Well, I think if I think the trend is it's not um, life's been made uh, harder for landlords over the last ten years. Mm. Um, I want to also draw our attention to Michael. We talked off air about where rents have been. And I think I think there's got to be a fair game on this. Mm. I, let's use Dy as an example, and I like mm-hmm. using Dy because there's more properties that for are uh, in Dy for sale, selling, and overall than in Sydney CBD.
1: Highly transactional. More,
0: right, it's a highly transactional suburb. There's actually more units in Dy than there is Sydney CBD. I want to use DYs as an example of how much rents have gone up. So while mm. people get out their violin for landlords and say poor landlord, uh, sorry, poor tenants or poor landlords or whatever you may in relation to rent, this mm. is what rents have actually done. I want to show people what rents have actually done in a in a general suburb like um, DY in Sydney. I want to show you what the rents have done. And it's pretty incredible. It shocked me. Michael... You you pegged it at you pegged it at you you thought rents had gone up sixty percent.
1: Over the past ten years. I thought sixty percent.
0: Over the past ten years. So property prices um, for units haven't quite doubled in DY. Have not quite doubled in DY over ten years. But well, let's have a look what rents have done. You wanna explain that?
1: So that graph there that? is showing over the past ten years the median Weekly asking rent for a property was give or take, let's round it to four sixty a week ten years ago, and today yep. it's about five eighty a week. So you're talking about twenty five to thirty percent increase over the period of ten years. And that's so, you not know, a huge amount.
0: Yeah, there was a good five years where it just absolutely deadlined, flatlined. Um, twenty sixteen to twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah um so you know i I think if you want to know what rents have been doing across sydney dy is a good cross-section of what rents have been doing across sydney they haven't been doing much at all um up until only recently they'd done about 20 percent uh although property values have done 90 to 100 um Mm. furthermore um if you look at what people are paying um, for a property today and the yield the return back that a landlord's getting they're getting around what's that sitting at three percent it's
1: now sitting about three percent just a smidge above
0: right so if you're paying five percent interest rate and you're buying and you're uh uh getting a three percent return then you're paying strata water and council on top of that not very attractive for a landlord
1: you negatively geared about three percent at the moment i'd say you're outgoing right. about 6%. Your your um you yield's about
0: 3%. So um, it's pretty interesting. What's Lisa going to say?
1: Landlords cannot be government housing. <laughs> it's true as well in terms of, I guess, the whole purpose of a landlord is to profit. Um, that's the reason why they do it. Um, so as much as it provides accommodation, it is investment for them as well. And there is a silver lining to all this also, guys, in terms of for a landlord, Yes, it's been a tough slog, but on the flip side, the benefit that you get from it, and it's always been the biggest benefit, is in the capital growth. If you can stick it out through the tough times, through the tough cash flow, history shows you will make money in your capital growth, and
0: that's where the big dollars are. So, who's helping the landlord with interest rate hikes?
1: So true. So... (laughs) <laughs> so with interest rate hikes, what we're finding is for a lot of um, or any homeowner, even if you're an owner-occupier or an investor, a lot of people's repayments have pretty close to doubled, um, which is a substantial amount, 100%. Your, your repayments have increased is a round number. Um, and then obviously, as we can see there, since uh, interest rates have started going up, rents have maybe moved up 10% in the past year. Um, so there's still a 90% gap in terms of that extra and landlords have to cop that shortfall
0: so guys and girls there it is today the slang of landlords it's uh, mm. it's definitely been a road um a, a tough road for a landlord in the last 10 years together with COVID, um together with um the disparity of interest rates um so a landlord is paying a different interest rates to, to an owner occupier that historically didn't happen for, for tw- 30 years or ever that's only mm. a new thing that people have cu- accustomed to um we 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 hammer landlords more than we do owner-occupiers. Mm. Because they're riskier? No. Because they're supplying housing to um, people that need rental housing? It's not, I don't know, I don't get it. It's almost like a penalty rate um, that that I'm seeing out there. Um, what's Lisa got to say here? She's got a lot to say this morning.
1: I know. Wouldn't landlords just be high, asking high rent now if they haven't? can't have a guide or offers over potentially that's a very good point lisa now that um landlords aren't able to advertise for offers over you might find that rentals might actually take another jump again um because it's going to push landlords to go well if i can't sort of start put it at a reasonable level and see if it builds then i'm just going to try and ask for a bit more straight off the um straight off the bat so that's actually a very good point it'll be interesting to see
0: Look, I, I, don't, I don't think there was much consultation to the industry. Um, like, it definitely wasn't cooking um, uh, in the marketplace, the conversation about what should we do as a government, coming to the industry and, and finding out uh, and asking. Like, it, it just seems like there was no consideration um, there at all. One thing before I go that I want to show, Michael, hmm. this is the investor life, cycle. I, the life can, cycle. I don't know if you can, if you can read that. Yeah, so, guys... Yeah, do you want me to read that to everyone? So we've got... Yeah,
1: yeah so on the left, we've got the net worth. And then on, your, on the baseline axis, we've got age. So as obviously pretty straightforward, as you get older, your net worth grows. But during the different stages, ages of 20 to 35 is the accumulation stage. So it's pretty small there, but younger investors have more time in the market, so you can take more risks. Um, and then 35 to 60 is the preparation stage which is where you're at your peak earnings, greatest capacity to save and invest, and then your retirement stage, which is when you focus on capital preservation, income to cover lifestyle and medical expenses. So that's the thing. As an investor life cycle, and this is very generalized, what you'll find is most people, when they're younger in their 20s and 30s, they're just trying to accumulate as many properties as possible. You want to focus on capital growth. You want to build that nest egg. Then as you start to hit your, your middle age, you want to sort of consolidate a bit. And then obviously, as you hit your retirement age, you want to focus mainly on yield. Capital growth probably isn't as important, and you want to preserve what assets you do have and obviously be able to take up um, as much income as possible.
0: It's interesting times. Um, it's interesting times, guys and girls, for a landlord. Now, having said all that we've said today, we've spoken about a, we've spoken about lots of things. We've spoken about the disparity of interest rates. We spoke uh, spoke about you can't as of yesterday, uh, as of this weekend, you can't auction a rental property, but you can sell. Um, uh, you can auction a sales property in residential. Weird. Uh, mm. there, and we're talking about. Uh, what happened to landlords um the commercial landlords and residential landlords through through COVID, getting hammered and having to carry um to carry rent it's been a tough time for a landlord um but but i do have to say i think for me that's the perfect time to get into the marketplace
1: you see it with all the big investors anyone says when everyone else zigs you zag when everyone else goes left you go right if no one else yeah. wants to buy an investment at the moment, I think now is the perfect time to buy an investment.
0: <laughs> it, is, it is counterintuitive. Um, and at the end of the day, if that market has corrected 20% some of our suburbs on the northern beaches, that's a 20% less mortgage that you're going to take on for 30 years. Hmm. That's a good time to buy an investment property.
1: Buy and hold. Stick out the tough times, and you get paid off in the good times.
0: Absolutely. And at the end of the day, the market needs the investor. We need affordable housing. We can't afford to have a lack of rental properties in the in the um, rental market because mm-hmm. it actually it makes rents go up exorbitantly. Um, no one. We don't want. No, we don't want yeah. that for tenants.
1: Correct. No, no one wins. If investors completely exit the market, absolutely no one wins from it. Your one in six Aussies that are using an investment property to build a nest egg, they don't win from it. Your, um, your tenants that need somewhere to live, that need to rent a property, that don't want to buy a property, can't afford to buy a property, you don't win from it. Um, it needs to be a healthy balance for both sides.
0: And on that, thank you, Michael Silich. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you, Have a great day.